Episode 7 of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the studio. We're here with Dustin Markowski. He's the VP of Sales and Customer Success at Chartbeat. Today we're going to be talking about building a disciplined sales organization. Welcome, Dustin. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. So give the listeners a little bit of background on you. You've obviously been in software sales for a long time at at a senior level. Maybe just give the, the listeners an idea of your background and some of the companies you work with. Yeah, I um, the last seven years I've been working uh, at building sales organizations uh, in the SaaS space specifically. Um, started with ShareVault. I spent five years there. Um, I was the third employee, uh, and we grew the company to just under fifty or so before I had left. Um, worked at Hightail, which used to be you send it uh, in the Bay Area, and uh, and most recently here at Chartbeat here in New York. Cool. Give, and then maybe. A little bit of background on Chartbeat for those that don't know. I'm sure a lot of the folks know who and and where you guys are, but maybe just give us a high level if that's helpful. Absolutely. So Chartbeat is, uh, or we started out as a real-time data analytics platform, uh, helping publishers optimize their content uh, specifically to grow uh, their audience and, and their loyal audience. And is, I mean, you've sort of given me some indication, but most of your customer base is local and and maybe talk a little bit about about who they are and what they do and then how you sort of run the sales organization you're i'm assuming you guys are sort of largely direct selling model but maybe talk a little bit about that absolutely yeah we're complete direct selling model um we we do um sell internationally to publications, uh, but because you know we are a, a media, a publishing-driven uh, organization, uh, most of our customers are going to be here uh, in New York, and so we have the benefit of being able to do many, many face-to-face conversations uh, with our customers and really kind of understanding the, their heartbeat and what are the things that they need to be to be successful. And how many, um, maybe if you can talk a little bit about your org, how many people in it and what does it look like? Yeah, um, at Chartbeat, uh, we have about 80 people in Chartbeat, um, and there's about 35 or so that um, uh, ultimately report to me, um, and it covers customer success and service, um, all of sales and account management as well, um, and um, for the short-term uh, marketing. Right. <laughs> um, so, so we're going to talk a little bit about this concept of disciplined sales organizations and I think many of the early stage companies that listen to our podcast care a fair amount about post you know hey I have two or three sales hires now how do I develop some analytical rigor and discipline to that I may be hiring in a person over the top of those salespeople. Um, maybe just give us a little bit of idea what the concept means, how you sort of came about it. Um, obviously, in your career, you've probably been in both discipline and not so disciplined sales organizations. Um, 
and then maybe just conclude we can maybe come back to this or riff on it but sort of how how you started to kind of you know when you first met the Charpy guys and, and where there was kind of a lack of discipline there but just just a high level sort of how did you kind of think about sales discipline and, and why does it matter to the to the listeners absolutely um, so you know, early on in in organizations history they we, we need really creative people we need people to go um, figure things out when we don't know what we're doing uh, when I was at Sharevault for instance right I said it was the third person there I was bringing a product uh, to market um, and I didn't know who I needed to talk to um, you know that's Traditionally, in a large organization, you'll have marketing kind of help you figure that out together. But I was everything at that point, sure. and so we need to figure out you know, who we're going to go speak to, um, what's important to them, how does this uh, fit into uh, their ultimate plan, and so doing that, you need something that's very, very highly creative. But the the problem is, is if you continue to hire. Um, people that function on the very high end of creativity, um, you'll get to a point where it's very difficult to drive predictability and repeatability uh, in that organization. And so after you have your foundation, as you have, to, and you have that success, the way that you start um, being able to build and go beyond yourself is through uh, discipline, right? And what it maybe just to touch on, so you talked about share vault was how, how was kind of Hightail on the grand schema of sales discipline? Um, I would say that, you know, for the most part, there was a pretty good discipline in there. Sure. Um, it, it, you know, the, in a lot of ways, the enterprise sales team at Hightail uh, worked um, as a startup within a startup because um, it was a huge consumer or prosumer uh, sure. model and uh, you know we have a very small amount of resources and we're trying to make uh, waves and compete against likes of Box and, and Dropbox yep. on, the, uh, on the enterprise side um, and so uh, it, it, you know there's you kind of have that balance between creativity and, and discipline um, and that was something that we, we intended to derive was you know we wanted to scale out that side of the business make it a larger portion of what we're doing and so we definitely had to drive more of that discipline there got it yeah so then you leave Hightail you're thinking about your next thing low you know Charpy comes up the the organization was quite small then right I mean they only had yeah we're, I think we maybe about 50 people and were, was there any sales folks internal yeah there were there were three people um, uh, selling and there were Two SDRs, I think, Got it. and uh, and an account manager. Got it. Yeah. So you you come with this background of sales discipline. You enter the organization. Maybe could you talk a little bit about the specific things that you saw, and and what entrepreneurs need to be thoughtful of um, within their own businesses. That we we you know kind of riffed earlier before we we started on a few examples three in particular that we that I thought were, were very relevant. So maybe if you if yeah. you could just kind of start with the first and share with us your views on kind of where you were coming in and then how that's obviously changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when I when I first joined Chartbeat, um, you know, you know, they we have very, very creative guys there uh, selling. Um, and uh, they're they were without a sales leader for quite some time and there was a, a internal culture, if you will, of, of whale hunting, right? right? So they're trying to go after, um, you know, kind of one up each other on, in the, getting the biggest client they possibly could, the biggest customer they possibly could, and um, and in some ways it was 
great camaraderie, I'm sure, for them, and to help the company grow initially um, over time. But trying to build a, a predictable model for you know for Chartbeat and be able to say like you know some of the things we want to do in our futures require us to hit these milestones along the way. Right. Um, you know, so they would have a, there would be quarters where it was a complete donut. Exactly right. You'd have you had you'd have you know uh, Q3 was like usually our best quarter and then you know we do unbelievable right yeah. and then every quarter after like you know, the the three quarters that followed probably add up to about the third quarter right? <laughs> and so you see these peaks and valleys a lot um, and it's and it's you know when you when there's things that you want to do when you want to grow the company and scale or you want to go get funding or you want to whatever the things that are in your uh, bag of tools you just want to do like you need to be able to have some more of that predictability It'll, and it allows you to be able to plan appropriately sure um, and so um, one thing you know, so when you just kind of start looking at okay what's the sales behavior like what are the things behind that you start saying that you know there's there are really good leads and really good customers that um, we just kind of drop by the wayside because because they're just going after big exactly stuff. right you know and if you have you know you have a, a giant in your pipeline that's really exciting and it's you know it's a big dollar amount sure. as well and you got you know a handful of, of small fish as well like you know when the big customer says hey I need this you jump right and you make all those things happen and what that does is just really distracts you from the rest of your pipeline and um, so that was that was one of the things that we had I think we really struggled with in the beginning and we had to figure out how to sh shift and change and how did you what did you guys kind of do obviously uh, you can't hire more whale owners Exactly right. Exactly right. So the first thing we do is, um, you know, you kind of you create a process and SLA around um, the leads and the different people we're working with. So um, we make sure that within a certain amount of time, the smaller guys are being uh, reached out okay. to, right? And we're having a really good um, process there. Additionally, would you just interrupt? Would you yeah. have the the? Did you sort of bifurcate the team and say, okay, hey? Guys have been focused on whale hunting, keep doing that, and I'm gonna hire in a new group, or was it actually that whole concept of whale hunting is stupid and we gotta get away from this? Well, uh, telling them that, that the whale hunting is stupid is, gonna be, <laughs> is, is difficult to get by in. Right, right, right. <laughs> so what we do is we start to sh we shift them, right? right? Sure. And we say, okay, let's make a certain portion of our pipeline um, the regular business, the things that are, that are coming inbound to us and, and the people that want to talk to us and you know, we're converting well, we do really, really well in the mid-market. Right. Um, and so let's make sure that we, we're focusing on that and building that out. Um, and then we can have a portion of our pipeline uh, uh, in, in the whales, right? Yeah. Um, and, and let's, um, you know, the other part of that too is like making sure that all that information is, you know, accurately portrayed right. in a CRM as well. Like, like when but I did, you, did you have them... So you, you would move the comp structure towards, hey, there needs to be a blended pipe here for, from a lead standpoint, right? It can't all just be huge. Yeah, well, we, we didn't uh, change the comp structure in the beginning. Well, I, or at least their, their but, KPIs or what they were. Exactly to. right, yeah. We, um, we, we just, we sat down and we said, like, we, you know, we only have three people, so it's really easy to work with three people at once um, and say, okay, you know, this is what we need. The pipeline to look like and and realistically show them how that will get them to success right and so I, and in fact i guess we did change the comp plan because we, we we did put accelerators in there for hitting consistently over time oh wow. and really the only way you can do that is by building that predictable 
um, right. plan. So I, I apologize, but yeah, I guess we did change the comp plan to incentivize so you, that. So you move away from sort of your whale hunters who could, you know, presumably deliver great ARR increases, but you're at risk from essentially having quarters where you do nothing um, by effectively changing the, the comp and the KPI structure sort of to a more blended model for contribution, right? Right, exactly right. Um, so outside of that, I know I know there were a few more. What was what was sort of another component uh, that, that you saw when you first came in and, and how you developed a more disciplined approach around it? Yeah, um, so really to, to fill that pipeline and to make sure that you have enough business so you can hit, you can hit consistently and we can have a predictable business. Um, we need to, like, what are the, the leading indicators that get us there as well? And so we, we kind of reverse engineer, if you will, starting at quota, right? right. And working our way back and saying, okay, if this is, you know, we need X amount in quota, we need, you know, in this business, three X in pipeline. Three um, X, by the way, seems to be pretty yeah. standard. I feel like sure. in SaaS, um, you know, different businesses will be at different rates, but I think three X seems to be standard. Um, and, and just by the way, you the concept of coverage ratio and you know walking up the pipeline didn't exist before you came in, right? No, exactly. And so, just to give you an idea, um, we had when I came in, we had fifty percent um, pipeline to quota. <laughs> so, uh, we now have about, I think we have about 4x, okay. which, is, which is phenomenal, which is really good. So we're in a really good place. Um, but yeah, so going from 50% to 4x, was, 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 that takes a lot of shifting, sure, right? Sure, so, sure. the way that we did that was we reverse engineered those metrics. We, we figure out, you know, what's the pipeline? Okay, if we're, this is what the pipeline needs to be. Making sure that we have... Um, we have a good uh, flow through the pipeline as well, right? We're not being bottlenecked at any stage. Sure. Um, and then going to the right top, are we talking to enough people that convert, ultimately get into the pipeline, et cetera? So we kind of, we work that all the way back to um, the biggest number, if you will. How many people do I need to be talking to on a daily basis to make sure I eventually have enough in my pipeline to close and hit my number? Um, it's, it's, the, it's, it's that day-to-day that helps people, helps salespeople sure. get to their achievement. And then, how rigorous were you early on? Because there must have been some friction, friction or pushback where your sellers say, "Well, I kind of just know what I need to do on a on a you know monthly or quarterly basis to hit my numbers. So, sort of leave me alone, and I can't do all the math around you know moving down the, the funnel." So, was it no? This is the discipline. You know how how, how rigorous do you get with the team? That. Yeah. Um, so it, I took it as a consultative approach. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, you know, working with the team saying, you know, these are the things that we're thinking about. You know, just trying to be logical, if you will, with them about this and working our way back and getting to, um, you know, kind of getting to those numbers together as opposed to um, just saying, hey, this is what we need to do every single day. Um, helped change the, the mindset so they're kind of thinking in the same way and moving towards it the full adoption of that I mean 
I haven't been there for a year now. I don't even know if it's fully in place, but I would say right. we're probably like 85% of the way there, right? Sure. So, it, I mean, it is a process and it, and it is difficult. Um, but when you're closing business every single day, yeah, um, it's really difficult to make sure, uh, you know, that you're doing all the right things, you know, because you get, you get, there's a lot of just things that can distract you and get you excited. And maybe as a quick aside, has the team really embraced that and, and now views, you know, the the just the math discipline associated with a, a type of, you know, pipeline or, or piece of business they need to close, or is there still kind of friction in in the process today? Yeah, no, I think um, I think there'll always be a little friction, um, but I think for the most part that uh, it's understood and and. and, and like you look at the the best salespeople, um, you know they're they're in the office um, either before or later than everybody else, and and it's not because they're putting more time in necessarily, but it was I'll actually give you a really good example. Yesterday, I'm in the office uh, seven thirty. I get in. Uh, there's one person there. He's a sales guy, and I'm like, I say, hey, we're the only two people here this morning. I go, why are you here so early? Uh, usually, I'm one of the first people in, and um, and he goes, well, you know, like I've been having all these phone calls and doing all these demos. I haven't had time to prospect and to build up new business. So I'm here making sure that that gets done. And so it's, it's that kind of discipline is those sure. what's going to make him successful and drive him to that success. And in fact, he is one of the more successful people. It's great. So, you know, just to, just to kind of recap, you, you come in and there's virtually no math behind I know I'm going to close X amount of business per quarter so really developing that you know disciplined or analytical approach to if that is your quota we know we know at the top of the funnel that you need to do you know yep. X or Y amount is important um, so maybe as a you know kind of the third example that we talked about maybe just walk us through the, the you know you, you spoke a little bit about the the top of funnel activities as being yeah you know, as important as the the bottom half of the funnel yeah um, maybe just walk us through sort of where you where you guys were in the beginning and ha- you know, when you came in and then where you're at today with that yeah um, I think I may have mentioned this but uh, you know we're uh, when you have three people and you have a good amount of inbound leads coming in. Um, you know, we're kind of cherry picking the best ones, the ones you want to work and kind of throwing everything else away. Right. Um, or, or just not putting the time into it that we need to be putting into it. And, um, what, uh, what happens is as you grow and try to build this organization, right. Is that, um, and, and we now have the team focused on building a predictable business, which means they're trying to, you know, trying to get enough people into their pipeline, right. Is that, um, you never have enough pipeline to get right. you to get your quota coverage and to make sure that you that you will hit your goal um, and uh, you know even if you have an SDR team that's uh, developing All leads in. yeah exactly right or a demand gen team that's responsible for bringing in leads I still find that um, the organizations that are growing the ones that are scaling you'll never have enough right uh, and in the, you kind of want to live on that edge in some ways right. like you, you want to have just not enough but you want to have a good amount um, and so the one so thing, what they do was there any lead generating activities from these salespeople or was it more just hey we've got a lot of inbound so I'm just going to kind of cherry pick off of that um, when you first came in yeah when I first came in 
very, very little, very, very little. Um, there are maybe more like referral things, like right. we had talked right. with you know X publisher and someone had moved over to another one, and so through that relationship, we're doing it. Um, but otherwise, there wasn't really a whole lot going on. Interesting. Yeah. So you come in and instill this, you know, look, there's never enough pipeline. You need to consistently build it. What are, what are some of the, I mean, and again, sort of to touch on, was that a, you know, was the concept embraced or, you know, how is, you know, again, the lens of I'm a sort of early stage yeah. CEO trying to think about how to tell my sales teams these things or? That had the most resistance out of anything we've done. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? And uh, and to get buy-in, it probably took us about seven months. Just because the, all they want to do is sell? Well, they're like, well, we have an SDR team. Like, that's what their job is. They're not delivering enough. And uh, and so that was really their focus. And I said, okay, but understand that we have people that are working on this thing. But you also have to understand that at the end of the day, when it comes down to your number, the thing that you're responsible on, you can't, like... You can, there's a bunch of people you could always blame, but realistically, I'm going to look at that number and say that you're responsible for it. Right. And so you need to figure out what are you getting from the different teams and what's the difference. And that difference is what you have to make up. Um, and so it, it was, it was, I think it was, it was very resistant uh, for that reason. Um, we also, we have a, we have a demand gen, you know, we have a marketing team that uh, is, uh, works on bringing in leads as well um, and uh, so there was, you know, there, there was just a thought that like this isn't my this is skill my yeah. I'm really good. you put me in front of somebody I'll, I'll, sell, I'll, I'll right. sell this yeah I'll do really really well um, and, and, and that's you know and it, and it kind of goes with that well hunting kind of uh, mentality yeah. as well right it's like listen I'm a star here just put me on the spotlight I'm going to do great for you don't worry about it um, and and listen there is a art form to sales. I completely agree. But I think that really good, scalable, growing sales organizations kind of blend science and art um, and say, yeah, there is an art form and there is a time and place for that as well. But the only way that you um, have consistent success is to make sure that you have that science in there as well. Sure. And um, was there a, you know, when, when you sort of complement the never enough pipeline with the whale hunting, you, you talked earlier about the fact that you sort of changed comp and, and KPIs. Did you do the same thing here with the lead generating activities? Um, I did. Or is that you wouldn't recommend that? I mean, I, I didn't. I, I have done it before. I had done it before. I guess um, what's the what's the logic? Behind yeah. Um, so like. Well, the way I did it, actually, we did this at Sharefall, very specifically. Um, we didn't have any SDRs there, though. It was just people that co uh, carried quota. Uh, we didn't have a budget to build an SDR team. We were bootstrap funded, right? So we didn't have um, that extra overhead to be able to do that. So um, what we did was we, we built in, we had a, a monthly, if you will, like point system. So uh, calls and emails and all of that type of activity stuff was scored in a certain way. And there was different categories and there was dollar amounts that were given for each of those and so that helped drive that adoption there um, the reason why we didn't do it here is um, the the sales the lead generation process if you will um, is much different uh, at 
at Chartbeat than it has been where I've been there before. I think partially because we are uh, narrowly focused into yep. the meeting and pu- media and publishing niche, and so there's um, there are very specific ways I think that we can we get through to clients that work well, and so it was less about the um, conglomeration of all of these different touch points, and we can kind of see like oh you know when you make four calls and three emails like you you can you can get somebody eventually on the phone eighty percent of the time like that we didn't have that necessary mix here. Um, and so for us, it was more about making, you know, if we got somebody's attention, very likely we can move them into the funnel. So we have, we have that ability. Just a different process. Yeah, exactly. So really our best uh, indicator was making sure that we had really good pipeline coverage. Got it. Yeah. And you probably, just in hearing a little bit about your sales team, they probably would have revolted if you had another yeah. thing to yeah. change on them. Well, you know, and it, it's hard, like, when, you know, when you're coming up, and, you know, we have a lot of first-time salespeople as well, right? Yeah. And so when you're coming up and you're a first-time salesperson, and you're not used to having any of this discipline or structure or figuring out, you're kind of reverse engineering, right? You know, and it really is the creative. And you're making the variable amount of money that you've you've never made before. So you're you know, you're, you're making the most money you've made ever. Right. Um, it's really difficult to try and change uh, how somebody operates on a day to day basis, right? Um, and so it, it's trying to make sure that you get that buy in, make sure that you can drive people um, to adopting those things. It's, yeah. Cool. Um, any final thoughts on building a disciplined sales organization? Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I don't want to harp and say that it's only through discipline. Um, I think, like again, like you do need to give your team some creativity. You, sure. Like, nobody wants to be micromanaged. Um, people, you know, want to feel like, hey, I can thrive in this situation. I can kind of figure some things out on my own and be successful. Uh, I think a lot of sales reps' tendency is to, um, I need to be the hero in this situation, I need to have all the answers. Yeah. Um, and so they need to have a little bit of that, I think, in order to, to be able to keep people motivated and excited about what they're doing. And so it is about finding the right balance. Um, so it's 90% discipline, 10% creativity. <laughs> maybe 80-20. Okay. Maybe 80-20. But, and, I, and I suppose in situations where we sit at least in early stage SaaS company, there's way more art than there is discipline at that, or there's way more creativity than yeah. there is structure. So yeah. building that discipline is probably not the worst thing in the world and they could use it. Absolutely right. And you know, as you continue to grow, it, it will only shift more that way in order to, to solve for that. So it, it, to get it early on, even a little bit, I think is important. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot, Dustin. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much.